Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 11th. Today, you guys, is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block. So next week, we're going to be studying Alma 32 through 35. But today, we're going to finish up this week's Come Follow Me block by taking a look a little more at Alma chapter 31. Now, as we talk about these things today, I want you to remember, President Benson taught us that the Book of Mormon draws us closer to Christ because, first of all, it teaches us about Christ, but secondly, it teaches us about the adversary. It shows us his tools and the things that he uses to try to pull us away from Christ. And today is no exception. We've talked a lot about Satan's love for half-truths. And today we're going to see that play out in the things that the Zoramites believed, the things that they thought, and the things that they taught amongst themselves. We're also going to see how pride is used as a tool of the adversary here amongst the Zoramites as well. It says, For they had built up in the center of their synagogue a place for standing, which was high above the head, and the top thereof would only admit one person. So they had kind of this platform in the middle of the synagogue. Therefore, whosoever desired to worship must go forth and stand upon the top thereof and stretch forth his hands toward heaven and cry with a loud voice, saying, Holy, holy God, we believe that thou art God, and we believe that thou art holy. Prayer sounding good so far. We've got our holy God. We believe that you're holy. We believe in you. Sounding good so far. But now we enter into some half-truths here. And that thou wast a spirit, and that thou art a spirit, and that thou wilt be a spirit forever. Now that does not describe God, does it? It describes the adversary, actually. Someone who was a spirit, is a spirit, and will always be a spirit. No hope for a body. That's Satan. It's not God. But that's the idea that they had of who God was. They go on and say, Holy God, we believe that thou hast separated us from our brethren, and we do not believe in the tradition of our brethren, which was handed down to them by the childishness of their fathers. But we believe that thou hast elected us to be thy holy children. And also, thou hast made known unto us that there shall be no Christ. But thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thou hast elected us that we shall be saved, whilst all around us are elected to be cast by thy wrath down to hell. For which holiness, O God, we thank thee. And we also thank thee that thou hast elected us, that we may not be led away after the foolish traditions of our brethren, which doth bind them down to a belief in Christ, which doth lead their hearts to wander far from thee. And we thank thee, O God, that we are chosen and a holy people. Amen. Now what makes me laugh about this is after they finish that prayer, it says that... (laughs) Alma and his brethren were astonished beyond all measure. They were shook. (laughs) They were floored by that prayer. The pride and the selfishness and the complete lack of understanding of who God is in his character was baffling for Alma and his brethren. Now, what's amazing about this chapter is as we go on, we see Alma offer up a prayer. And to contrast those two are pretty incredible seeing the pride and the conceit of the Zoramites versus the sincere love of Alma. But I actually want to take a second and I want to read in the Sermon on the Mount when Christ is teaching about prayer. Let's contrast true 
real prayer to what we just heard from the Zoramites. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So right there, automatically, right off the bat, we see a difference between the way the Savior taught us to pray versus the way the Zoramites prayed. Remember, the Zoramites only prayed after they had gone to the top of their little platform in the middle of the synagogue where everyone could see them. There was nothing secret about the way they prayed. They prayed so that others could see them pray. But the Savior here teaches us that we are to pray in secret. Then it says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Again, such a stark contrast. Don't use vain repetitions. Well, here on the Remiemptum, that's all they did. It was the exact same prayer every single time, every single person. Absolute vain repetitions. But the other definition I like of vain repetitions is the idea of vain, meaning vanity, all about self. Our prayers should not be vain. They should not be all about ourselves. And that's all the Zoramites did. It was, we're grateful that we're better than other people. We're grateful that you're saving us instead of other people. We're grateful that you've spared us from all these foolish traditions. It was all about themselves. Even their gratitude, they managed to turn inward and make it about themselves. So here we see that stark contrast where the Savior teaches us to avoid vain repetition. And then here we have both definitions of vain repetition, the Zoramites saying the same things over and over again, and also making it all about themselves. And then the Savior goes on and says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Can you see the differences in those prayers? When the Savior prayed, he didn't just pray for himself, but he was praying for everyone. When the Savior makes reference to his Father, it's recognizing the Father's will and the Father's power. Whereas the Zoramites almost turned Heavenly Father into a servant. We're grateful that you did this for us, that you did that for us, that you think that we're better than everyone. It almost kind of flips that so it seems like the Zoramites have the power and that our Father doesn't. So it's such an interesting comparison between the two different prayers there. What the Savior teaches, how the Savior prays, versus how the Zoramites prayed. Elder Uchtdorf said, Pride is the sin of comparison. This is the sin of, Thank God I am more special than you. At its core is the desire to be admired or envied. It is the sin of self-glorification. When we become obsessed with our status— when we focus on our importance, power, or reputation, when we dwell on our public image, that is when pride begins to corrupt. Now, he just described the Zoramites, right? But the real question is, why was their attitude so 
destructive? Why was that pride so caustic for them? Think about this. If the Zoramites really truly believed that they were the special ones, that God had intervened and saved them all and that everyone else would be destroyed, that they were chosen to be saved, then there would be no point to them living righteously, striving to be better, repenting, because exactly how they are was enough for God to save them in their minds. And that's why pride can be so destructive for us in our lives. Because when we think that we know better than God, when we think that we are better than our fellow men, when we think that we are infallible, then we cut ourselves off from the Savior. We don't repent because we don't feel like we need to. We don't change because we feel like we're good enough as we are. Now, I am a firm believer that God does not want us to think of ourselves as awful, miserable people. I think that God thinks we are pretty great, and I think he wants us to think that we're pretty great too. However, there's a difference between loving ourselves and being so in love with ourselves that we don't feel the need to change. My friends, the prophets have warned us repeatedly through the years to beware of pride. And the Zoramites are a perfect example of why. We cannot truly draw close to God when we do not fully understand our reliance on Him. We can't fully appreciate and use the Savior's grace and atonement if we don't feel like we need to change. I testify that God wants to draw near to us, and that as we humble ourselves and recognize that we need to change and need to repent to become more like him, we'll be able to feel the Savior and his atonement and grace more fully in our lives. And as we do that, as we understand the Savior, as we understand his atonement, and as we truly understand his great grace, by nature, it will follow that we become humble, understanding that it is only through his grace that we are saved. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.